All right, friends, this is the Talladega version of Stacking Pennies. We're going to talk all things awesome chase from the same place. Gets the dub and the siren is ringing in Dawsonville. But also, AJ Almendinger finds Xfinity Victory Lane and the people's champ, Matt DeBedendetto, finds his first career victory in the truck series. Pit road boats and woes. We got trucks catching on fire. We've got tires rolling in the middle of the ball field. We got all things going on. We will break down that in pit road boats and woes. And last but not least, guys, it's the week of the kickball classic. We've got the Bronzedale in studio. We've got jerseys. We've got the lineups are set. The popcorn's popping. So buckle up. This is Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. And here we are. Uh, I'm Corley Joy, driver of the 7, Chevy Camaro. Uh, joined by the usual band of characters to my right, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hello. Trimmed up the beard a bit. That's it's it's coming back out a little bit. Just you know, mm. slowly but surely, I'll have a. But beard that's by clean Thursday. cut. That's clean cut version of Chuck for what I'm used to seeing. Comparatively, yes. You look good. Got the vest. Mm-hmm. So your arms are cold and your chest is warm. It's a very narrow cold front. <laughs> it's a very narrow cold front. Uh, speeding cold front, full on fleeced pull over. <laughs> Jonathan Merriman. How just, are you? Just like his takes. You got some. <laughs> Some cold, cold takes, just like that fleece is protecting you from the outside What? It's keeping me warm. It is. Yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, front tire changer for Ryan Blaney's 12 Ford Mustang, Ryan Flores. Oh, yeah. Are you wearing dress socks with Vans? No, they're Oakley socks. Are you wearing green pants with zipped up boots? He likes pistachios. <laughs> he likes pita- pistachios, so I'm just trying to fit in. Yeah. Don't looks bite good. me. Yes, it is. looks good. Yes, looks he good. is. Um, Man. What a week. Where do we even start? Probably at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, interesting races this week. I got an interesting take. Yeah. It is fascinating to see what happens when the cup drivers show some respect to each other. They're a little bit nervous. We had Alex Bowman sitting out, concussion protocol, and guys are not running over each other like dip on, t- on speedways. It's funny how that works. Could you not get the runs like you had in the past? Because even, and, and second part of that question, were the cars a little bit sketchier than they had been? Because I know Blaney, we were leading one time, and the six kept trying to make it three wide, and Blaney finally said, yo, I'm out of here. Yeah. Bubba, Bubba did it at one point, like, I'm out of here, and just get to the back. Was it harder to get runs, so it was harder to put yourself in a bad spot? And then was it also sketchier to where you weren't as aggressive? Your race ended early, so you... <sighs> Uh, yeah, so you ever been playing iRacing or like NASCAR Heat on Xbox, Chuck, and all of a sudden like the batteries die in your controller and you drive head on to the fence? That's what happened to me, but just in real life. Um, it wasn't a tire failure. It parts. wasn't a parts failure. Parts malfunction. It wasn't a parts malfunction because all the parts worked. Today. The only thing that didn't work were the bolts that were supposed to tighten up the steering column to the steering wheel. Um, well, that's kind of a parts malfunction. To use it malfunction. Um, so that was not good. Uh, I can assure you. Luckily, thank God, the steering column didn't fall off when I'm running about seventh on the bottom line and wiped out about 30 of us. God knows what could happen. If I'm going to hit the wall, I'd rather hit the wall by myself and not with 35 of my buddies because then I wouldn't have enough people to play kickball this week. <laughs> so it's your How fault. bad would it's that your have been? your fault there wasn't a big one. 
It's my you fault. could have been the big one. You I, ruined oh, it for oh everybody. God, that would have been a huge one. And just sitting there with my holding the wheel with the tires going like this. And uh, even the big one that did happen, like there was early with a couple of, you know, I think Joey was spun around mm-hmm. in it. Like there were a couple of guys that looked like it. That could have been it. That could have been the one that messed up the playoffs. And then not much damage. Not much damage. I, the cars are no different than how we've raced them at Daytona, how we've raced them both Daytonas, and the spring Talladega. And wouldn't you know, there are, what, only four or five of them that crashed? The only thing that changed is guys were actually thinking about the consequences for once. They see a fellow competitor sit on the sidelines. You can say that they're not thinking about that all they want, but if the guy you're pushing is getting squirrely, you're not going to stay on his bumper and turn him with no regard. That's 100% what it is. Now, you've got the Monday morning crew chief experts to know exactly what's wrong with these cars and why they can't make a third run, third lane go, and why the guy running 12th in line can't drive to the front like he's Dale Earnhardt. There's lots of reasons, ladies and gentlemen. But when the guys had the same parts and pieces, and there's not one car that's a half a second faster in the field like we were used to seeing in the last couple of years, you're going to get guys riding in line. Well, that's just what it is. Two of the fastest cars got pit road penalties under green flag Correct. pit stops, yeah. which that would have changed. Definitely a well. That would have changed complexion of that race completely. But hang on a second, can I just touch on that yeah, for a second? For sure. I know it's, we got a segment about it, but that is not one, but twice. Brett Keselowski has cost himself a chance of winning at Talladega this year. Gave it away. Yeah. That was when Dale Jr. was like, "Oh, that six is going to speed." Remember that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first race. <laughs> oh, the six bet again and messes chances I, up. What like? It is easy to do. People think they're sitting there drinking a bush light, watching it on TV in their air conditioning on their couch, thinking it's easy to go from 195 miles an hour down to 55. It's not. It is quite a challenge. I thought when in that moment we were leading, the six was second, and the six was like really fast. Yeah. I think the six and the nine were the two fastest. The one car was right there with them. Too. He was fast. So my thought process was the same as it was Daytona 500. We need to get out leading this lane. Like we've talked about. Now, like talking to Jonathan Hasser, that was not what he wanted to do because fuel was going to be stretched pretty, pretty mm-hmm. tight there. But I knew if we can get out in front of that six, we got a really good shot to win this thing if he stays with us, or Brad's going to be super aggressive and might wreck the field. I was going to say, Brad, I have a feeling he probably would have fenced the 12 trying to get to the checkered flag. You do not want to be a hood on him on the front of Brad nope. Kozlowski's car. You are a. Wreck waiting to happen. When he when we when we got done with that pit stop, I was like, sweet, we're in position. But then when they called him out for speeding, I was like, uh oh. And Blaney's like, Well, tell him to stop pushing me. We're getting too far out in front of the field. He's gonna pit and then be a sitting duck. So yeah, that was a man, that was a tough situation for Brad. You gotta be better than that. It's not it's not that tough. You just gotta slow down a little bit before you're on pit road. I mean it's now. It's easy to do. Now you and, oh, I'm way up can, there on list of pit road penalties. Well, I'm just talking about the first ever, first ever Daytona 500 you were in. Oh yeah, about killed Clint Boyer. About killed Clint Boyer. Yeah, but you you only made it bad on yourself, right? Coming to pit road, you late call were, in, but you were in the draft and you had only practiced it by yourself. Big difference. So when you're in the draft, you're going 20 mile an hour faster, and then you got no air on the car, and you're oh yeah trying to stop. It gets on the splitter, and then you're you're screwed. yeah. But Brad's a champion. He knows better. The twenty car did it. He spun out. The four car did it. He's a he's a champion. He sped too. Yeah. And as track position heavy 
as these speedway races have turned into, there are many factors. I explained a little bit on Twitter yesterday because uh, Brett Griffin was like, oh, these cars just make too much grip. They just make too much grip. Well, grip is a relative term. What, what do you mean just make too much? We just want to turn the grip knob down a little right. bit? Like, <laughs> and we're going to have all of a sudden better racing? No. What are you going to do? Take a little blade off? Well, now you take some blade off. Now they're poking a bigger hole in the air or a less big hole in the air. So the runs are even slower. The problem, see these thing, see this thing? The old car's quarter panels were straight. And they also, the underbelly wasn't smooth like this. So the, the wake of the car was dirty and it fanned out like this. It was dirty and it fanned out like this. So the further you got back, the bigger the hole was and you can get to it. So, and then it pushed the car out like this. Now with the quarter panels curved in like this, it makes the wake come almost to a point. Now I'm not a CFD engineer, but I can feel it. I can't see it like Earnhardt, but I can feel it. The weight comes to like this, and now also the air coming off the bottom of the car is smoother, so the speed at which the runs come is less because the trailing car has still got some drag on the on the uh, spoiler. So it's not just a matter of like make a, give them a, give them more horsepower and take blade away and take grip away. It's not that easy because it's it's all this give take, and also at the end of the day, spotters. And drivers and overall teams are understanding speedo races and how they play out even more. So you're going to get less boneheaded moves, less varying, less giving up track position early in the race. So you're going to have guys committed all day to holding the track position. So it's the, not an easy fix. He was complaining about the runs being made? He was complaining. No he just said the, the, the racing sucks, so we just got to take some grip away. He just thought the racing sucked. I mean – Chase made it work on the last lap. Well, it was a good race. That's the, yeah, that's the end result. It was a good race. It wasn't a show, and it was a good race. Like yep. that's There was a comment made about that this car can't make a third lane go, which is true. Um, when the bottom lane has enough grip, and also the bottom lane's potential speed is up because the guy second, third in line is still wide open. With the old car, if you were the third car in line, you were left into 50% because there was that less amount of drag on your car versus the lead car. Now, with the, these cars are more aero efficient, you're still the fourth, fifth, sixth car in line wide open. So you don't get that potential speed on the top because now, still, if the bottom six cars are wide open, the top has to have more numbers to get a top lane generated because it's longer around the corner. Did it not have a record number of lead changes? Lead changes? That's uh, that's a bit of a fluffed stat. I don't like looking at that because it's also not back to the – I think it's loops. I, I believe it's based off of loops. And not the – Because you can have the front lane on one, one yeah. two. Three, the way I read four, it was record number. Five, record number. <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying. Like yeah. at the line and different or leaders. Loops, yeah. But – If it's the same two guys for was, 30 lead changes. If it was just a – race you wouldn't have guys pass each other right it'd be one lane around the top which speedway races have always Remember, throughout a run they what, would get what year was that 19 or 20 where the four Stuart haas cars linked up and drove away from the yeah. field everybody was like uh-oh it was the first race without ride heights or something it yeah. was like and everybody was like huh yeah. well we missed that 57 lead changes 57 yeah is that the is that what we consider a good race because that's the old car and that one was apparently so much better than what we got now you know what I consider a good race and why I consider this past Talladega race to be a good race is because there's Chase one. Huh? No. He's a Blaney guy. Last case. Yeah. I, oh, and I got a, I got a question to ask you about that final caution, if that 
helped or hurt. And I know it in the end it hurt. Well, it's because Daniel Hemrick went down there and parked in the Peacock pit box. <laughs> Dale Jarrett's not going to pitch your stuff, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Well, Tart will call you in, but DJ ain't jacking that thing. It's not a real pit box. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just stop down there. I think it, you heard it. He, I thought it was the Monster Energy pit box. <laughs> what made it good was the, in a sense to me, watching it, the threat of the big one that you think that it's always about to happen because they're running just about too wide the whole time and you think it's going to happen and it never does and i think that's what makes it more exciting yeah you guys didn't get single they didn't get single file was, run all day yeah, let me tell one you time why. where that where it got the that yeah, let me top tell you lane because driver cause cup drivers have too big of egos to watch some guy lead and not peel off and try to make a second lane work that's just that's the difference between saturday and sunday guys are content to line, line it up and put laps down on Saturday because they're like, eh, I'll run seventh here. Joey Logano ain't content to run seventh. Denny Hamlin's not content to run fourth. He's going to peel off and make a bottom lane and try to pull it. Let's call it what it is, too. Everybody at the cup races are there to compete, right? There's, yes. there's five or ten cars that are behind the pack. There might be 12 at in a in – a, in an Xfinity race, I think there's more in the truck race, but in an Xfinity race, that's why yes, you you don't you don't get as many people up there or as many lead changes. Mm-hmm. But Cup guys are in Cup races for a reason too, and the Cup teams, you know, it's it's just a big step. We've talked about that a lot here. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Oh, for sure. Nobody's like you are trying to get to the front, not the first stage. If you're not trying to really go try to give yourself a buffer, if those guys are in the playoffs, like Joey was trying to get stage points for the first and second, and then kind of ride and then find himself hopefully with dodging a big one and a good finish late. Uh, but nowadays, man, track position is important from the end of the second stage and then executing that green flag stop, trying to get the least amount of fuel in it to jump those guys. Because wherever you blend in that last green flag sequence is relatively – if you're not in the top three rows after that green flag stop, you're not contending for the win. Not having it. When you saw Blaney do it, go up and get the stage points early and then ride back. Like How much of this was after Texas being what Texas was, knowing that the Roval is ending the round? It's just a lot of these guys are like, I want a smart points day. So the talk, like, yes – we won that stage, which was like, he did a great job. He just drove up to the fence so nobody can get to his right recorder and just got pushed right right to the stage win. It's like the 11 and the 9, we're worried about each other. And we just drove up there and won the stage. It was pretty awesome. Second stage, he's leading. I feel like our car wasn't as fast as the 6. The 6 was being aggressive. It got 
to a point where he was like, he about put the six in the fence. We about wrecked. He said, hey, I'm going to the back. We got our stage points. Let's just finish this thing. Well, then on the last sequence of, of uh, at the second stage, when we got back out, we were 14th or so, and we gained some spots. And the way that it all cycled with guys coming back in to top off, we were like fourth or fifth on the restart. And the conversation was, do you want to come back in here and top off? Or do you, and go to the back and try to ride this thing out and see where we end up? Or do you want to stay up there and race? And he went back and forth. He's like, man, I don't know. It's just so hard to get track position. I don't want to give it up. We're our teammate in the 22. And it's like, Joey's a really good friend of ours. And I even had this conversation. Like he stood on a soapbox and said he didn't really love speedway racing. Didn't want Texas to get turned into a new, to the Atlanta track. Because it rewards guys for not racing. And it's the first time he's never went and raced. And lo and behold, the sport always humbles you. Some way, somehow, the racing gods, no caution, no wreck, finishes 30th or 30, you know, wherever it was. So, and then Landon Castle just called him right out on Twitter. I loved it. Well, Landon probably felt attacked. Yeah. Too, you know. For sure. And it's still a race. There is strategies per the racetrack. So why hate on one strategy that statistically – is pretty effective, generally. Riding in the back, waiting for somebody to push somebody and wreck half the field, the odds are pretty good. The odds look, are pretty good. Look, most of the guys that win these races, if you go back and look at the list of guys winning it, yeah, there's some that... Nobody wait, that wins these races are lucky. waiting in the back. Well, yeah, and it's also, yeah, a lot of guys get wadded up, and if you finish 10th or 11th or 9th or yeah. 7th, that's one thing, but we're talking about winning, yeah. right? Yeah. Nobody remembers who finished 9th. No. When when they say that oh like Michael McDowell lucked into his 500 win no. he didn't because who who was up there uh, where did he finish uh, he was third yeah like uh, he shoved the two and the 22 and wrecked right, them both right, right. like my th- story I'm sticking to it because I think the point you were trying to Damn make is that him. even the guys that win these races aren't lucking into it their no. skill that it takes to get there yeah yeah and that that being said going back to the original point if Blaney would have made a decision to bail top off and fuel and not stay up there and race, then he may be six points to the good instead of being 33. Mm-hmm. Because Joey went from like 42 to 18 or 12, whatever. He's like in striking distance where if they have a, if they have a problem, they're, they're in trouble. And that's that's a little bit of what this year's been. It's You don't really ever know what's going to come. So you got to almost keep your foot on everybody's throat and hope for the best. Got to go race, man. That's what it's called. It's called racing. Awesome, I check. Um. There was a couple instances, and you guys might not have picked up on this, because I was sitting in the hauler. I was sitting in the lounge watching the end of the race, and and this actually might not be relaying to not, like related to nothing. But there was an instance with like eight or nine to go before the caution for Daniel Hemmer came out. The top had like an eight or nine row advantage on the bottom lane. The 43 was leading the bottom. The 34 was pushing, or maybe the 12 was leading the bottom lane, whatever it was. It was bizarre to me. I don't know why. Anybody in them first six or seven cars on the outside didn't cover the bottom and be the lead car of the line because you know the line was coming back to the like was going to come back to the lead. And then sure enough, here it comes, chugging back, chugging back, ends up getting the lead, caution comes out. That was bizarre to me why nobody covered that. And then also how the end of these speedway races work out is so situational in terms of loyalty and respect and what we saw this time was 
I don't know if it was because it was Chase Elliott or because it was a Chevy on Chevy. Uh, the outside lane was back probably three or four rows on the white flag. Chase was like fourth. The The outside lane comes with some mo. The nine jumped out in front of the 43. The 43 picks him up. I think that if it's anybody, if it's a Ford or if it's any other. If it's you. If it's me, he's not pushing me there. He's putting me middle three and the outside lane he goes. He pushed you at Kansas. He, uh, was it to Kansas? Well, Kansas right into the fence. He yeah. pushed you there. He actually pushed me at Atlanta too because he had no choice. Um, but just stuff like that, little nuanced things where the 43 with that, amount of mo- with that amount of energy, I don't think picks up maybe three or four guys. I think most of the time he peels off and leaves that guy three. But if he peels off at that point in time, he's out. There's a good chance if there's no third lane all day and he peels off. He gets left too. He gets left too, and yeah. it depends on who's behind him. Right, yeah. if the twenty four is behind him, hey, see ya. Yeah, if you had a choice, there you go with yeah. the bottom guy for sure. But then Ryan said an in interview, he said he was, he didn't want to cover the middle because he would didn't want to risk getting stuck in the are. middle. Yeah. Um, so he was content to stay, let the outside lane get to him. Like when the nine was getting pushed, Ryan was didn't want to go cover the nine because he didn't want the nine to get to his right recorder and then he get stuck yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Um, so I'll do those. I'm talking those decisions. They sound drawn out after the race. They are like this the whole time. So yeah. you're playing chess at 200 miles an hour, man. That's why I love speedway racing. Sometimes you're the, uh, the bug and sometimes you're the windshield and I was the bug. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You know who else wasn't a bug? Matt DeBendetto. Got him the Kind of applause. 4,137 days since his last NASCAR victory at Bowman Gray Stadium, the NASCAR Canaan Pro Series East. That's longer than Chris Boucher's that we had on last week. Yeah, his is only like, I don't know. 200 something? Two, well, it's 200 races. His was 222 races. Races. I don't know how many days that was. Uh, more but than. Not, not more than not that. Not as more than that, yeah. Not more than that. So everybody likes Matt a little bit. Uh, nobody likes how the race, the way that thing ended. Nobody likes to be a judgment call because Brett Holmes beat the 25 to the line. Caution fell out about a couple hundred yards before that. They threw it because they thought a truck was in harm's way. Is what it is. Last time I noticed the trophy went home with Matt DeBendetto. Who did he beat at Bowman Gray in 2011? Everybody. Who, Why you got to bring that second? up? Why you got to bring that up? I was he, just wondering. He beat me that day. I oh, sore, you finished second subject. to that? Oh. I did. Huh. Yeah, I won the next year though, so suck it. Yeah, so whatever four <laughs> minus three hundred sixty-five minus three sixty-five. No, I won some yeah. races after yeah. that. Dover was the last. No, okay. Uh, last time I won, I think was Loudon. I remember that I because I was spotting for you 
and he was better than us, and there was a late caution. And I'm like, I can't remember that far back. You're so. like, uh, they just jump the restart here. I'm like, yeah, yeah. absolutely, jump the restart here. And you jumped the hell out of it, and you cleared him, and then he just picked you up and moved you back out of the way. His car was a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, Suarez's teammate that year, I believe. Uh, scary moment now when Jordan Anderson, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe my eyes. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. I want to know uh, from Jordan himself if he couldn't see at the windshield because the fog was or the you know the smoke was so bad. Also, fire burning through like a inferno, probably seven eight hundred degrees. Just wanting to get out, he was willing to take the risk of getting out to whatever was coming up outside his left door, as opposed to sitting there and getting burned. I don't know, but my man was hanging out the window and hit the wall at like. 20 miles an hour. Oof. Bizarre. From what I understand, it was a loose oil line. Yeah, it was so a feed line. the oil was spitting. Yeah, it was a feed line. And then it, the oil got on him. Oh, and no. Burning. So, like, at that point, he just ejected. But golly. Dodge the bullet there. We hope Jordan Anderson makes a full recovery, which it sounds like it does, but scary, scary moment, buddy. What do you have to say about Merriman? You ain't said a damn word yet. I'm just listening. Got some second-degree burns in his neck, which the neck is a tough area because a lot of guys don't wear neck, or they don't wear, I believe they're called baraklavas. Balaclava. That's what balaclava. you see Kyle Busch wearing all the time. That and, head, that, head no, and that nose strip. Hey. I hate the nose they're, strip. They're paying, him, they're paying him now, I think. Breathe right. Yeah. <laughs> they ought to be paying him a lot because you look like a dork wearing a damn nose strip oh. driving a race car. Something Kale never is that, So whatever word you said, is that? Balaclava. Is that this helmet skirt? Or no? No, two different things. You can wear a head skirt, helmet skirt, or a, there's a helmet skirt, fireproof, that is the, on the bottom of your helmet, which I like, run. Kind of like a stormtrooper type thing with the... Yep. Yeah. And then some guys wear a headstock. They're inconvenient and make it they tight on your head. Some guys wear them, some guys don't. But I can assure you in the group chat, guys were like, I might put my uh, fireproof leggings on this week. Cause a lot of guys just wear the shirt, cool shirt, long socks, because you just take for granted the fire suit, but... Fire is nothing to mess with, buddy. Nope. Scary stuff. Scary, scary stuff. Interesting stat from the Xfinity race. Third time in the entire series history that every car was running at the end of the race. Wow. Michigan in 1998 and Langley Speedway in 1988. So three times in the history of the series at Talladega, no less. Who'd have thunk it? I'd have bet the house that that wouldn't happen, but sure enough. Not Joey Logano. Not Joey Logano. Not our buddy Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Awarding people for riding around. But the only person that got the award that day was A.J. Allmendinger, who is, big news this week, going back full time. Chuck, what do you think about that? Uh, I think he was extremely excited to win that uh, Xfinity Series race at a super speedway. Like hearing, like it was almost hearing him after that on the radio, it sounded like he was more excited than when he won at Indy. But – he probably wasn't because that was a pretty big cup win. So when I saw Landon Castle on Sunday, I said, hey, buddy, if I win today, you better not dare run out and give me some sort of group hug like you did to A.J. Elmendinger on the front stretch and embarrass <laughs> me like that. That team has got a weird kickball vibe to them they at the racetrack. A, yeah. And Chris ripped his shirt off of Victor yeah. Lane and gave it to a fan. Yeah. Chris Rice? But yep. the fact that they like, – they, Chris Rice. Why? To, you know, I don't know. Celebrating. Again, like you said, the whole team celebrates when they win. It, like looks, like a, it looks like a Europa League goal. They all run around yeah. and hug each other. 
rip their shirts off. And Something out of Ted Lasso. Twist them around your head like a helicopter? Yeah. But, I mean, you know, looking at that from a different angle, wouldn't you kind of want that on your team? Like, if, if, if anybody wins, everybody's celebrating. Or do you just want, I'm like— I'm going to say that Landon's going to get some money for pushing AJ, which rightfully he should because he was glued to the 16s bumper. Gave him the shot that it took to get the win. So, as much as AJ positioned himself to be there, Landon was equally, equally to blame for that 16-car final victory lane. Do you think that Colleg makes the Cup Series playoffs next year with AJ in the car? Ooh. How many road courses are there? Uh, Five in the regular season? Yeah. I'm going to say yes. He's going to be tough on that street course. He's the only guy besides maybe McDowell. Austin Cindric, maybe I don't know that have run on a street course. Who's driving their other car? Justin Haley, Haley, right? Haley full time. And he's been on a bit of a heater too. Run Dude. third at Texas, and they're really strong at speedways. They've worked together in the Xfinity series. Like, I mean, I th- I think it's a good move for what Colleg is doing. I don't know but, why they didn't do it this year, but at the way they've been building that team and that program. I mean, he was going with Coda before Ross right chucked him in the gravel. Ah, easy there. He shucked Ross to begin with. <laughs> when he didn't do it good enough, and Ross got him back, who's he obviously didn't recognize. I'm good just enough. saying. So he wasn't about to win nothing. He was about to win. He's about to win that watermelon patch up his ass. That's what he got. <laughs> it's but what I'll say is like it's the new. They are like a new type of team, right? There's yeah. They they approach stuff different than like trophy hunt. Pen, like Penske, they got a kickball tournament. Like if Blaney wins, Joey's not going to run out into the field and give him a hug. Like it's you act like no. you, like that's for, freaking us, awesome. But most, of, but most of those teams, like, you act like you've been there before, <laughs> right? But you look at Trackhouse and and uh, colleague newer teams, they all celebrate differently. I like the not acting like you've been there before and celebrating. I like to see the celebration. No, nothing will ever beat the taco punch That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, they threw, yeah. bring me my piñata, boys. <laughs> hey, whenever you can get Pitbull to pitch you, a taco pinata, you are living life. You are living life. And we're going to be living life in pit road boats and woes because that three team just got a bit of a payday. We'll break that down right here after this. Pit road boats and woes. Big news out of the RCR camp. A lot of tickets being oh, yeah. bought over there. What's oh, yeah, going on good. over there? Hey, three guys got signed up. I thought it was a five-year deal. It sounds like it's a six-year deal, and they are they are a strong team. So it's uh, it's a big deal to you know to look at some of those guys. They're mostly homegrown. Paul Swan, they they recruited. You look at Paul Ethan Tingler, who needs a haircut, but he is very. He's probably one of the best rear tire changers on pit road. He's got long blonde hair. I don't know how it doesn't get stuck in the socket. I ask him every week, and then uh, Josh Thomas, who I've watched a lot of film on. He's been really good. Nick Covey, a guy that was at Hendrick, and uh, it looked like his career was kind of over and went to RCR and has found himself in a in a great spot when Gibbs took – they had Darrell Edwards, who's on the 11 now, uh, the 18, I guess, since the swap. When they took him, they kind of had a hole looking for a jack man. Nick Covey's filled it, and, man, they've been they've been great. They were P1 again this weekend, and they're right there in the, in the hunt for the Mechanics Wear MVP award. How does a team get to the point of like what do they see for them to be like, you know what? Let's lock these boys up for the next six years. I think they see a lot of it is like I think they learned a lesson with Darrell. Right? They they had Darrell 
and they developed Darrell, and he turned into a really good Jackman, and he left and went to Gibbs. And it's like, uh-oh, mm. now what? We just put a lot of money into that guy, and when guys start doing good, teams will not only recruit to have them be better, but they'll also recruit to make you worse. Like, let me take a couple of them guys and, and get them on my team, and we'll also we'll, we'll achieve two things. I'll get a good guy, and they'll have to backfill, and they won't be as strong. So you start start seeing that, and when you have a good thing going, you want to sign guys up for as long as you can. Because really and truly and honestly, it's not sexy to say, when you get signed up for a long time, the race team has the leverage. The player doesn't. Because the player can't leave, but the race team can fire you if you're not doing good enough. So smart move on, on both parts. If I'm, if I'm those three guys, I want to stay together with a great team. And if I'm RCR, I want to keep them and, and have, you know, have the leverage over them to keep them at our place for a long time. So they obviously also look at the financial trajectory, I would imagine. Do they foresee the market of valuable and effective picker guys staying the same, going up, going down? They obviously see it going up if they want to lock those guys in for six years in terms of finance. I would think so because you look at – like it's hard to win these races. And we thought that going from five lug nuts last year to one nut this year and our choreography and everything, it would be easier and it would actually save you money in the long run where now the job is even harder and the consequences are even more grave. If you mess up and these guys to put together a solid year and separate themselves as they have for so long, right? You see teams get hot for four, three or four weeks. They've been hot all year, especially through the summer and into now to keep themselves at the the head of the MVP score. We saw like the one car was there and we get to the playoffs and they've petered off a little bit where the three is just, they've been great. So yeah, I don't know where the trajectory of pay goes, but it definitely isn't getting any cheaper, especially to have good guys. And if one team starts paying more then everybody's got to pay more because everybody wants to go to that team. Well, we saw that with Brad Kozlowski, the team from which pits the six now a lot of those guys came from different places. Ganassi, yep. this place, RCR. Like that's a hodgepodge of guys where they went and they were the highest bidder. Yep. Do you foresee that happening when Kyle Busch goes over? Like, don't speak for your own point of view, but does a guy like Kyle Busch, if you were a free agent picker guy, do you seek that opportunity to try to pit his car? If I was sitting there with an open contract, it would be more attractive to pit for Kyle Busch than it would be for Tyler Reddick. I think that. Right, because I just think of okay, let's not worry about rings, or let's not worry about uh, wins. Let's worry about rings and championship rings. And I think, you know, Kyle Busch has had an off year, and Tyler Reddick, by all means, has had a way better year. But I mean, you look at Kyle Busch's resume and how old he is, and and he's gonna figure it out, and he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. So like, I always want to be with guys like that if if given the opportunity for sure. Mm. If you had the opportunity to run in the middle of traffic to get a tire would you go do that no nope the tire carrier for Haley Deegan obviously does not remember back when Jimmy Watts did that in Atlanta so there was an incident similar yes. to this in Atlanta where a tire got out on pit road and I think it was Frankie Kerr that said hey go get that tire and he said okay I'm on my way they're waiting for you at the pit wall to like hey hard card pal <laughs> give me that thing which you need to yeah you have to take their hard card because you have to set a precedence for everybody else on pit road like hey that was dumb and everybody needs to know that that was dumb and we can't do that. Pit stall two or pit our pit stall forty three at Talladega is sketchy enough. 
Yeah. Let alone going in the grass. Dude, the 20 slid through there about 80 miles an hour sideways. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if he was told to go out there or if he just thought he was doing the right thing, but he learned quick that he messed up. And let this I'd be, say. yeah, let this be a warning to any young pit crew guys. Don't do that. Especially under green. Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it ever. The AMR safety go. team will get the tire and bring it back to let you. Let it go. Yeah. It'll come back. And you have to have, especially now with one lug nut, man, you have to have your set behind the wall, your next set ready in case there's something that goes on, something something get that's wrong. You got to have- Car hits you or something on the way in. You got to have your lug nuts lubed and, and ready to go and, and it, you know, the tire pressure set. And it's always been a thing. I mean, we saw it with the- we saw it when we go back, you date back Brad Keselowski, the two car at Pocono, right? He drove through his guys, that black and yellow car, drove through his guys and Ogles ends up on the hood and the tire ends up, I mean, gone. And I was a backup at that point, just run over, get the spare tire, we're ready to go, give it to him and you don't lose a lap. So yeah, it's, uh, you don't want to be out there playing Frogger any more than you have to. Was there anything interesting? A lot of fuel onlys, a lot of couple tires, four stages, anything interesting there? Fuel guys definitely definitely take the cake this weekend as our our guy chris conklin did a great job and strategy was huge. what makes a good fuel guy different from a great fuel guy plugging in two things right when the car from the time the car stops in the box so they get plugged in a lot of <laughs> i look at merriman merriman is making this late plug-in commercial running through my head right now yeah so, plug it in plug it plug in, in plug, plug it in. in that's what it is so, so like, can the good so ones good catch it negatives yeah yep from Stop the plug-in time negative. That means the car's still rolling when they get the can engaged because the quicker you get it engaged, the faster it starts filling up. The other thing that happens is if you have I a try guy, to do that at the pump. There's a catch-22 because if you try to get it engaged too quickly and it turns and that, that uh, Schultz fuel head comes, you know, like unengaged real quick, it starts spitting fuel back into the vent tube, which slows the flow of the can down. So guys that can get the can plugged in and keep it steady enough to where you don't get any of that burping up into the vent tube and awareness man knowing when your car is full knowing when to shake your head that uh austin Sindrick calls it him and lackey are one organism <laughs> because he's a nerd but uh but yeah cute. i have an idea for you to speed up your fuel times you ever see these guys chug beer out of glass bottles on the internet and they spin it around like a vortex yeah get the guys to spin get, it around get, get the get the fueler to spin it around and create a little vortex going there. that might be yeah i think i mean you do that bite the schultz tip off yeah. first like they do with the bottle tops and yeah whip your mold around yeah that's what you need to do flick a cigarette a lot of molds whipped around on the boulevard this weekend merriman i didn't go out there though i did see there was some sort of an imposter a, a fake lejoy Costco that. version Fo of Corey. Foe LaJoy. We're going to talk, because he's the penny stack of the week, but I want to break Fo that we. down here later. Kirkland LaJoy. Foe LaJoy. We're going to break down the kickball classic. I cannot wait for Thursday. I'll give you all the details right after this. The second annual kickball classic, fueled by Built Bar, is coming back. One day from when this episode drops, a bunch of my buddies are coming out. Some of them not even my buddies. Some of them I just text, and they just like playing kickball enough to come out here and uh, mess around with us, raise some money for a couple of good charities, Canapolis YMCA and Samaritan's Feet are getting 100% of the proceeds, whether it's general admission tickets that are only 10 bucks on CorleyJoyRacing.com, or you can just come on out Thursday night. We'll be playing from about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 
until 5.30 is the 16-team tournament down to a champion. But then we have four. Last year we had two. This year we have four celebrity teams. I'm talking Mike Helton is the captain of a team. Larry Mack, Steve Letart, and Randy LaJoy are the captains. And we are filled, I mean, everybody, Kyle Larson. Bubba Wallace, Ryan Blaney, Rich Froning for you CrossFit guys. Who else? Chuck, John Christ, Daniel Trotta. You got a lot. Black like, Mamba. You got a lot of good names out there, and I was looking at the rosters because we're getting ready for the – we're going to stream it live. going to stream it live on, on NASCAR. NASCAR social, digital platforms, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And I got to say, for that celebrity championship game, I think – just looking at the rosters, not knowing anybody's stats or how they play kickball, but just looking at the rosters, I feel like it's probably going to potentially be a Team LaJoy versus Team Latart. The Sheets Laundry Club team in which Latart's coaching is solid. Yeah, that is a solid I was team. looking at that like, how did I end up putting all them guys on the same? They got uh, Stenhouse, at, hashtag athlete, Blaney. Bubba, I think. Bubba. Rich, athlete, he's good at working out. I'm not sure if he's good at kickball. We'll find out. I'm trying to be the best at exercise. Not trying to be the exercise, but I am trying to be the best at kickball, and you guys are going to find out who that is Thursday at 6 o'clock. Chuck and Merriman are going to be behind the mics breaking it down like the home run derby style last year. It's going to be a fun night. You can check that 730. We'll be covering the championship game starting at 730 on NASCAR Social Channel. Is your dad our our coach? Yeah. Oh, dude, he's going to chew your ass. Can't that's, wait. Uh, that's, I'm used to it. That stream is up on YouTube. If you go click the uh, notify button, you'll know when it goes live. You won't miss it. There Dark you go. Horse, Dark Horse team, Mike Helton's team. I think that could they could also make a run. But my is that prediction, their team name? No. Team Dark Horse? No. Team Mustache. So our four celebrity team sponsors, Sheets Laundry Club, Built Bar, GoPro Motorplex, and Clean Juice. So appreciate the support for all those guys. Appreciate everybody's uh, – appreciate everybody's – just willingness to come out and have a good time. It was a ton of fun last year, even con- even considering we had a torrential downpour in the middle of it. But the weather looks great. Knock on wood. The trophy looks great. First ever Bronze Dale trophy. Fireworks. Fireworks. Man, bring the kids out. The Atrium Health Ballpark right there in downtown Kannapolis. Beautiful Ten, place. $10. State of the art. $10. Kids get in free. It's for the kids, man. It's for come the kids. hang it's out. Say bucks. hi. Come drink a cold beer, come eat a hot dog, and come get an autograph from your favorite NASCAR or athlete or act. Frankie Muniz is coming, little guy. Little Malcolm <laughs> in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle is coming out. You yeah. can get Merriman's autograph if you come out there. I'm sure he'll sign something. Uh, you don't want that. He'll sign probably he'll a hot dog. He'll sign like going to be put down a couple of them while he's out there, I'm sure. No, just just the dog. No no bun. It's his, his meat diet, remember? Yeah. Yeah. He does make eye contact with me. Each one of those is kind of weird, but you know. it's good if we win this thing. We can keep it here in studio. Yeah, you, dude, right. this thing turned out sweet. Quick shout out to Mitsubishi Materials out of Mooresville, Dia Edge, off access paint for chrome in this thing because it came like legitimately with like good rich, like it was lifelike coloring. My man Greg chromed it, bronzed it because I wanted to make it look like the statue in downtown Kannapolis and upstate anodized. Anodize this thing out. Special shout out to Devin Smith who designed it all. Didn't yes. trust flow coatings for that, did you? No. Nope. Don't blame you. No. No, I wanted it to actually last for a long time. <laughs> so that's why we didn't go that route. Yeah, you haven't said a damn thing all podcast, and this is what you come up with. You just have to pick your spots, man. Oh, man. But I love it, and I hope you guys will come on out and, and have some fun with us. We're going to have a lot of fun. Thursday, 
at the Atrium Health Ballpark in Kannapolis. And later that night, be sure to check out Race for the Championship that you're going to be on. It'll be at 10 p.m. on uh, USA. Set your DVR if you're out at the uh, at the kickball tournament. Yeah, I'm going to leave the kickball tournament and go home and watch myself on TV. There you go. Atlanta Soon. edition. So it should be a really yeah, good one, Yeah, a bit right? of a heartbreaker there. They picked a good one to follow me, though. I think they got in-car cameras and the whole deal uh, to see me almost win and then get crashed. You'll have that big-time auto racing. Um Penny Stacker of the Week, like I alluded to in Pit Road Boats and Woes, there was an imposter on the boulevard, Chuck. Pull up that tweet. There was some guy. Wearing a, a merman shirt. Wearing some Myrtle Beach merman jersey. Kenny Powers. Looking like way more like Kenny Powers than Corey the Joy, but he had people fooled. It was people because of the color. People must have been sideways. It's, it's the built blue color yeah. of that jersey. That guy looked like a Costco version of Corey. <laughs> I like, found him. Buy, like, buy him in bulk. Somebody tagged him to me. On Blue there. light special, Corey. His name is T. Jesus. What a stud. <laughs> At Branch Boy, yeah. That's Just him. walking around the boulevard pulling chicks off my name. <laughs> he looks like you. Hey, man, you'll take a picture of Corey Joy. He's right here in this merman jersey. <laughs> What's his name, T. Jesus? That's what it says. T. Jesus, you are the penny sacker of the week. And you guys are also the penny sacker of the week every week, but particularly this cat running around in merman jersey. Make sure you hashtag Penny for your thoughts. Tweet us at some questions. Like, download, share, rate, review, all the things. Give us five stars so we can keep this thing going. And tune in for Spare Change this Sunday. We're going to break down all things Rove. We'll give you all some stats to make sure you all can set those little betting, little fantasy little fantasy lineups. Make sure they're dialed in. And then we'll talk to you next week. So tune in next week or whenever you guys want to turn back in. We'll talk to you. Bye.